0: Hi, everybody. This is Katie, and this is another episode of Psychic on the Scene with my Hi. lovely co host, Michelle Lyons-Polito. Hi, everyone. And my other lovely co host, D. Scott.
1: The lovely Vanna White. Sorry.
0: <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> the lovely Vanna White. Um you can your letters. <laughs> and tonight is the full moon, the sturgeon full moon. So there's mm-hmm. a whole lot of uh, energy, mm-hmm. l- vivid dreams. Crazy Vivid Dreams, which always happens around new moons, full moons. So um, just a quick uh, rundown. Make sure if you are listening to this even tomorrow, and it's Tuesday because it's actually the full moon today on Monday, August 3rd. If you are listening to this tomorrow, you still can do all the the good stuff for the full moon. Mm -hmm. Do a clearing, do a smudging, um, put salt around your home. Charge your Um, crystals. Charge your crystals, um, take an Epsom salt bath, do some meditation.
1: <laughs> charge your iPhone. Li-
0: charge your <laughs> iPhone. <laughs> light your candles, and um, if you're journaling, if you're dreaming vividly, journal your dreams.
2: Yeah, that's um, really could, helpful.
0: I think that people sometimes go through cycles, and they when they're in the moons, they dream more, and they have more. Um, information come through so tonight's episode on psychic on the scene is about the haunted upstate New York and um, for a while there we were we were fortunate last fall before uh, COVID and everything else that we were um, visiting some of these um, haunted locations we got to go to Professor Java's
2: Albany Rural.
0: Albany Rural. Um, the yep. Groom's, Tavern, Groom's Tavern, right? Yep.
2: Um, the other? Oh, we went to downtown Schenectady as well,
0: right? Yep, we went to the stockade, Vale um, Vail Cemetery, um, and we went to the pub. Why can't I think of the name of the pub It
1: was right Van Dyke.
2: Van, the Van Dyke, that's
0: right. We went to the Van Dyke, but we also went to the pub over in Clifton Park.
1: Um, we, yeah, that was Powers Pub.
0: Powers Pub. Powers Pub, yep. Couldn't think of the name. Sorry, Powers Pub. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways um that was a lot of fun that was a lot of fun we're i hopefully we're going to be able to do that again and and we'll grab nick lee for that and do more psychic on the scene out of because we had already planned on doing it and maybe even getting katie the other katie involved
2: katie Redden.
0: yeah i'm katie red she's katie black (laughs) so anyways that was and that was her. Sagan, again? Is she joining us tonight? She is not joining us tonight, but I'm, I'm sure we'll be able to grab her for another episode. So yeah. wanted to talk about some um, <laughs> places that were haunted in the Capital Region. So many, you know, even when I was Googling it. It's hard
2: to pick, uh, isn't it?
0: <laughs> it really is. And I know that um, Steve Brott does a lot of them in the Capital Region. Um, as well, and probably talks about them on 518 Paranormal Project, mm-hmm. another now great podcast.
1: Those guys are slackers. It's been a long time since they've done anything.
0: <laughs> well, to, that's going to get them going. Yeah. <laughs> so, but anyways, um, so I wanted to start with actually a personal, um, a lot of these are personal, but mm-hmm. over the weekend, um, I was up in the Adirondacks in Hamilton County. And I visited a location and out of respect for the family, I'm not going to say the name of the location because they're still trying to sell it is up for sale. Um, But it was a lodge um, in that area and at one time had a golf course. It was open since 1968 on the water
1: Mm. and it
0: was family owned. Prior, it was a family farm going back into the 1800s. And it was a hunting lodge as well, and um, then became a restaurant, and really a place of destination. Um, After um, many years of being open and probably a lot of people having weddings and other wonderful ceremonies there, um, the last of the owners had passed away, and the family since has been trying to sell the property, so myself and um, my boyfriend went and took a look at the place. And when we did, um, immediately got um, some heavy energy connected to the location. And he remembers even as a boy um, having um, that feeling there, that heavy kind of feeling. And even though it's one of those places that just, I mean, it is just absolutely stunning the view on the water the mountains um it felt very heavy around this old decrepit building now um that at one time was you know really beautiful and um i immediately when i got out of the car felt and saw somebody watching from the upstairs window and it was a young girl and she was very frantic now as we've talked about in other Mm -hmm. podcasts Children's spirits, when seen or heard, sometimes are not children, they are other energies, whether they're demonic or elementals, um, that mask themselves as children, and this clearly felt that way. It felt, it didn't feel um, like a child. And, um, so he was able to, he tried the back door and door wasn't open, obviously. And then he went up and around, he went inside. And the whole time I was outside, I did not go inside. Um, I kept feeling somebody outside and it felt like an angry man, um, older man. Now he thought perhaps it was his grandfather because the property had gone into rotten ruin. Um, but the 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 land just felt off, very very off, and he had the the same feeling. And even all last night, I dreamt about the property. So I definitely think it's a property that we got to bring Michelle. We got to get you there to Let's do a clearing. Do yeah, do an investigation with me, you and Dennis, and um and yeah, Jimmy clear it
2: afterwards, and yeah. then
0: clear it afterwards because I I just feel like it's it's probably the reason why it hasn't sold. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. You know, so often that's the case. I can think of, um, like the Lajeunesses who we used to do, um, some ghost yes. hunting with. they had me come and clear their family property cause it wouldn't sell. It wouldn't sell. And, um, Dave and Jan, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, within a week after the clearing, it sold and there was one heck of a dark energy there. <laughs> yep. I mean, I felt, yeah. And not that I was scared, but that one was a little challenging. So when you clear that energy, because if you go to buy a house and it's beautiful, you're going to feel like you felt. So it, why would you want to purchase something?
0: It was uh, like, you know, that, that chills, the chills that you get mm-hmm. all over you? Yeah. Chills all over. And it was, um, as he put it, the land felt sour. It felt yeah. sour. And it was a perfect way to put it. it was, um, But it was it, just an odd feeling. I haven't felt like that in a long time um, being watched.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, oh, from many with many sets of eyes is what I'm feeling. I'm getting yes. Well, he yeah.
0: had actually said that he felt that it was very busy there, and I said, um, "I said we can talk to Michelle about it." I said, um, "That's typical of a place that's like a portal," and then yeah. he did say, "And I, he did say." I said, "Did your grandmother ever say anything about the place?" and I probably shouldn't have told all of that, right? Because it gave it away. <laughs> but anyways, he said, I'm um, uh, trying to be discreet. Um, but anyways, he, he said that the grandmother, um, there was down in the basement a, um, what a must have been like a well. A well in the a, like a, like a well in the ground mm-hmm. and it was bolted shut and they were they were they could play any place he and his brothers were not allowed to play in that in that room they got in trouble if they did and she just said it's not good the grandmother just said it's just not good bolted down not not allowed to play near it and he said across, I said did anybody ever die there and he said um you know there had been losses obviously in the family maybe yeah. not so much there but across the water he said there was um, quicksand, like real quicksand. Like wow. you never hear about that no. quicksand. And he said that the the grandfather had lost mules there, but he was pretty sure that there was other people that had, you know, died. It's what there. it feels
2: like. Just talking about it, it, it feels like there was loss of life. Yeah. And so, definitely, yeah, children.
0: Right. So there was, you know, a lot of layers there. A lot, a lot of layers. I'm so, looking
2: forward to going out and, you know, investigating and so, clearing. Sounds like fun. Back
0: in the day, and you guys can pick them up at your, you know, go on Amazon or, you know, a Barnes & Noble. Mm-hmm. There was a wonderful man locally named David yeah. Pickin. And he did haunted upstate and a lot of different locations. So if there's other information you want about some of the things we'll we'll just literally list or mention um, today, you can pick up one of Dave's books and uh, God rest his soul. He was an amazing author an amazing person. And, Mm -hmm. um, I think he originally wrote under another surname because he worked for the state and he didn't want to get in trouble (laughs) for being like hoogity boogity. (laughs) um, As so many of us do. Um, But some other places uh, that I've had a personal experience. um, And then I'll turn it over to you guys was um, I went to the college of St. Rose. I lived Mm. there at the college of St. Rose and I, I openly um, say, you know, and then I was kicked out, but the place was (laughs) very, very haunted. I lived in Lima hall and I would hear um, voices. I would hear singing and um, banging. Other halls on that, that um, quad, people talk about Carrie um, Hall, uh mm-hmm. Backer. And I know the theater um, also, um, they had said that there were sightings of ghosts. Um, one said that they had seen um, clothing thrown around like an angry spirit. Um, unpacking things um there was a part of the college where it is uh believed that a priest had hung himself and in that been. i know in that area they had um seen like looked almost like fireballs which i'm thinking now are like orbs yeah around the area um and it is closed mm-hmm. off because there was so many um like people would hear footsteps Um, but it was when I, I know when I was there, where I lived, there was a lot of activity and things moved around on a regular basis. Like we'd be sitting on the floor, um, and smoking, you know, a a bunch of girls eating pizza, drinking, you know, all the things we're not supposed to be doing at a Catholic college. And, um, right. Um, if that's not like, you know, bringing in something, I don't know what I can remember one time clearly. And, um, um, Chris, uh, we called her Lazzaroni, Lazaro, Lazzaro, um, lived with us. And um, Lori was my roommate. And I think Colleen was in the room and Lisa Healy. And we were all sitting there talking. And objects literally flew like right off the dresser mm-hmm. as we were talking. So, And at first she kind of go, oh, what was that? How did that happen? That was way back on the shelf. And then that happened on a continual basis. But we weren't the only ones come to find out that was having these things happen. And the the scariest thing that ever happened to me was um, one night I could not sleep. I was up. Um, I, I think I actually became like almost like an insomniac while I was there. And um, I, I actually didn't do well living on campus. Mm. Um, I was up very late. It was probably around three o'clock in the morning. And, um, I was watching David Letterman and I went to use the bathroom and the the bathrooms obviously in a college dorm, huge, two entrances, shower stalls in the back and tubs along the side. Mm -hmm. And it overlooked the parking (coughs) lot And we were on the third floor, we were on the third floor and I'm, you know, going tinkle. And I was thinking of a song. I was thinking of a song from a movie. It was in my head, like kind of like I was singing it in my head. Yeah. And all of a sudden in the back, in the bathroom, I started to hear a man sing the song.
2: Oh my God. (laughs) I literally
0: froze and it stopped. And then he started to hum the song again. But then I started to hear him walk. Oh jeez! The back, I finished up and ran out of that bathroom. Now remember, this is an all girls dorm; mm-hmm. no men allowed past the lobby. And I'm on the third floor. Oh my god! So I go in my room. You know,
1: lock absolutely heart
0: racing. Lock the door. <laughs> and the next day, I went home and I got holy water from my mother, and I wound up blessing the floor and the rest of the year and a lot of events had happened prior to that. But for the rest of the year, we didn't have anything else happen. Now, prior to this, people were having horrible nightmares. Um, My roommate who didn't really believe in a lot um, called me um, on like a house phone and said, you got to come back to the room. There's a man stepping out of the closet
2: and she kept every
0: time she'd go to lay down she'd see somebody step out of the closet like to look at her and um so one of the one of the other things that had happened was the head of my bed was at the foot of laurie's bed okay and sound asleep one night in the middle of the night i hear laurie go what do you want what do you want and so i'm like waking up i'm groggy and she goes katie what do you want? And I go, Lori, what's the matter? She said, why are you sitting on my bed? Mm. Um, and I, lo- I said, Lori, I'm not sitting on your bed. She goes, yes, you are. You're sitting at the foot of my bed. So we both at the same time, like shot up. Whatever was sitting at the foot of her bed was still like there. You could see the indentation in her comforter, mm. but it was facing me.
2: Oh, my God.
0: <clears throat> so um, <laughs> another night... I woke up in the middle of the night. My roommate, a lot of times, um, if she came in slightly inebriated, she um, <laughs> would need help getting out her contacts.
2: <laughs> I remember
0: those So things. I would see her, like, you know, up in the, in the mirror section where there was a, a light. And um, I wake up in the middle of the night, and I see an image thinking it's Lori in front of this mirror trying to take out her contacts. And I said, you, are you okay? do you need help? She doesn't answer. And I'm watching this image. And it was, I realized like kind of oblong, dark, it was blocking the light. And then as I'm watching it, it's like it started to like undulate in front of the the mirror and it got like smaller Hmm. and smaller and smaller. And then I heard Lori say, who are you talking to? And she was still in, she was in bed. And I watched this image, like, fade in front of the mirror. And um, so that was a, another location. And now a lot more people talk about the different hauntings at the College of St. Rose.
2: Yeah, oh, my um, friend Kathy lived in Cary Hall.
0: She yeah, was, did, she, did she hear the woman cry? Because that's where they, I think they talk about the woman crying.
2: I heard a woman crying, and she said there was a man who felt like a handyman who um she would see him and he was okay you know he was like watching over the girls um unless he would get angry if any of the girls had a boy sleep overnight which i know it's not supposed to happen but um yeah having a boy sleep overnight uh they would set off the he would set off the fire alarms oh wow okay and he would stand over them like shaking his finger like you know you know sleeping with a having a man in bed and she said everything was okay then they always felt protected there um, she wasn't she had heard the woman cry but she wasn't in that section of Carrie. they had the man but he would I guess the fire alarms are always going off because well, one girl kept bringing her her boyfriend in and it wasn't going well so she was very uh, you know had some very vivid memories of that maybe I'll have her <laughs> on sometime
0: I'd love it. I'd love that. I um, And as you guys know, that I've, I've done shows both at Grapevine Farms mm-hmm. up in Skihari Cobaskill, and uh, the Bull's Head Inn, both of which um, are reported to be haunted. And mm-hmm. the owners, you know, fully admit it and have had um, incidents. Um, I know when I was at Grapevine Farms, um, they had done um, some ghost investigating. And they had actually found... Um, like a gravestone, a a headstone um, in the basement there. That was um, reported back to, yeah, reported back to I believe a child that was um, lost to the family that originally owned Grapevine Farms, but they had had different things. um, People sighting, seeing or or feeling other people there within that location. Um, Bulls head in, the, and I've actually seen her, the woman in white on the top of the stairs. I've seen her too. Yep. And, um, then when I did one of my shows, um, in the, like my microphones would always cut in and out and we had the microphones going. And, um, in the middle of the show, we hear boom, boom. And I look back at the, the gals that, you know, as I referred to as my handlers in the back of the room and they look startled. There was. Um, batteries on the outside table yeah. or my microphones just in case they went to recharge them because they always seem to lose charge during the shows there
2: mm-hmm.
0: they went flying off the table
2: <coughs> Oh, and
0: um, yeah. so the girls were, were startled and then at the end of the show somebody had asked me to autograph something so I went to get my glasses off the table there they were gone. And I said to the girls, I said, where's where's my glasses? They're like, they were just here. So we're looking all over, going back in the room, looking all around, come back. They were right in the spot again. Oh. So, so whatever it was, was like playing a, a <laughs> trick on us and playing a practical joke. So um, in both of those cases, in both Grapevine Farms and in Bull's Head Inn, I didn't feel like anything was um, like negative or malevolent. Um, it just felt like it was part of the um, fabric of the locations,
2: part of, the other. part of
0: their families had like their family had become a part of that family.
2: That's so, so cool. That's so cool.
0: Um, so Michelle, which one, what did you once, did you want to talk about? we got so many.
2: Oh, I know I, I decided to talk about a couple uh, of locations in, in Rensselaer County. I lived in Troy uh, for about 10 years, um, up by Emma Willard School, and uh, my family's had a camp out there on Burden Lake since the 1940s, and uh, it's all kind of woven together. Um, some of my early first really interesting ghost experiences were at the Crooked Lake house. Oh, yes. Crooked Lake, and it's in Sand Lake, the town of Sand Lake, and there's a bunch of lakes out there, and our camp's on Burden Lake, and um, well, the Crooked Lake House, the original, it was a stagecoach stop, and uh, oh. the original um, building was built in 1790, and oh. then uh, it burnt down It was built again in 1840, and it was used um, kind of as a lodge, and then it was expanded on um, over time, and during like um, the time when Teddy Roosevelt was governor of New York State, it was like the place to be. <clears throat> there were trolley and train uh, lines that would bring you to West Sand Lake. It was quite the hub. Um, and then after World War II, the place kind of, uh, you know, people could fly places, they went elsewhere, uh, and it kind of, the whole area kind of got depressed, and it stayed open, uh, I think it was Browns at that point, um, until, uh, like 1975, <clears throat> At which time it closed. He, he did, you know, he just shut the place down. And uh, they even had. Um, it used to be the place to go during the big band era. NBC would film mm. big band events there. My my parents used to go there for dances and proms. It has an mm. amazing ballroom. It has it a- does Colorado. It's just you know. Old dalian bought it, and so they're keeping it alive, which is fantastic. I've been to a few weddings there. But in 1990, uh, Delmar Tift, who was from the area. Um, he was a designer down in New York City. He and his husband, Mark Hammond, bought the place because it was uh, going to be wrecked. They said either yeah. buy it or it's going to get the wrecking ball. And it's just so beautiful and old. So they ended up buying the place. Um, and I, was, I had just moved back to town from Rochester and I uh, got a job there. And they hired me as a, as a hostess, but then they sent out, you know, they called everyone, if, if you're interested in helping to clean the place up, because we're not going to open for, for three months. I'm like, well, I'll do that. That's fantastic. So we sifted through piles of old china and chandeliers, and it was just a lot of fun. There were a lot of stray cats there, so we were, you know, taming and saving cats. But we started to notice that, you know, it was me, Mark, and Delmar, and a couple other people. Suddenly, you'd hear someone say, what? And then another person would say, what? There, was, there is a ghost there that says people's names.
0: They've talked about that, Michelle, over and over. I officiated a wedding there.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: all of the staff all have experienced it, just like you're saying. Yeah. And they, they were anxious to see if while I was there, like doing the wedding prep and then the actual day of the ceremony, which nothing happened, but they were anxious to see if something would happen, if the spirit would reach out to me.
2: It's hit and miss there because I could be there, you know, work. I worked there for a couple of years, um, and sometimes there was nothing. Other times, I mean, and it would wait, sometimes it'd be completely quiet and you're with two other people and it says your name, but only you can hear it. No one else can hear it. But then other times, I remember we were rocking on Saturday night and the bartender had an injury, went home, so I decided I'll tend bar. (laughs) I did okay, (laughs) it was a lot of fun. And I kept hearing my name all night, but in a crowd, and I kept seeing a figure when I heard my name, but then it would move. And then I remember one night I was, um, helping out doing some waitressing because someone called in, you know how it goes in the restaurant. Business. Right. So, um, Mark says to me, can you go downstairs into the wine cellar? We need a bottle of blobbity blob. And you know, he, I like wine, you know, I just drink whatever I have, but <laughs> you know, they were really into certain wines with certain, um, dishes. So I went downstairs into the wine cellar, um, and. I had heard um, where you go down the stairs into the grotto. There's like a a grotto on the the left-hand side. People see an image of the Virgin Mother appear there. Hmm. So I'm like interested in that, and I'm walking through, waiting to see her, nothing. I get down into the wine cellar, and something is touching me. Something's getting a little fresh with me, touching me inappropriately. So, wow! I'm like you know okay do i run um i've got to get this wine there wait you know because you're still working and i'm wearing a you know a, a pager you know not to date myself but it's i'm wearing a pager and right then like one of my meals was up to be delivered and the thing buzzes well, i jump up in the air the wine goes up in the air it's like hundred dollar bottle i'm freaking i do catch it shockingly wow i ran up those stairs so fast And that's when, after talking to some people and doing research, apparently there was a hidden room in the cellar because uh, during Prohibition, Legs Diamond and some of his uh, gangsta friends would meet downstairs and play card games. So, And apparently that's where I was. They had taken down the walls of the hidden room. That's where the the wine closet was. Hmm. That's
0: awesome. Oh, I love that. So I'll have to see if any of our, um, when people listen to this, if they send in stories, personal stories, about that location
2: as well yeah that and it's it's a beautiful location it's just oh it is it's stunning and I feel so bad because Delmar died um before they finished the renovate the renovations and Mark kept it open for about three more years afterwards to honor the reservations for weddings and whatnot but and it was sold to another group and now the um old alien has it and they're they're doing weddings and it's it's a great place to be but and I'll t- I'll, that kind of leads me in. Um, I think I, think I said everything I wanted to about that. Oh, you know, one more thing. You mentioned David Pitkin's book in um, one of the books, and I will post this on our Facebook page later. A photograph was taken um, in the 1800. I think 18. 18- 50s or 60s probably 1870s after the civil war a picture was taken of the staff someone said oh i had a great time i take a picture of you all and so he he took the picture and everyone looked at it after he developed it took a couple days to print it and they all freaked out and they said well what's what's the deal apparently a woman who worked there who had died appeared in the photograph oh wow and the photograph hung for a long time in the crooked lake house the original but it's in that david pitkin book that i actually have i will take a picture and post it Oh, I love it! I'm sure David would be okay. I wish that we could have him on as a guest. <laughs>
0: be great. Oh, I know, right? What a great guy! Oh.
2: but then he was uh, an
0: amazing. He was uh, an amazing man. I
2: never had the the pleasure of meeting him, but I saw him in interviews, and he just seemed like the nicest human being. So, um, okay, this I want to kind of lead in from the Crooked Lake House because also in Sand Lake, um, and this ties in to one of the ghost stories um, at the Crooked Lake House is the, 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 the mystery of who killed Hazel Drew. Oh. I don't know if you ever heard, and I would like to have Phoebe Lefebvre possibly do this as a cold case. It's an actual case. Um, in, in 1890, they say July, sometime between the 7th and the 13th, um, July 1908, a young lady's body was found in Teal Pond, which is up the hill from Sand Lake, um, in, uh, off of Taberden Road. And I lived up there. And I have a lot of personal stuff with this, which freaked me the hell out, excuse my expression, but I decided to get the book because I'd heard about the ghost of Hazel Drew haunting the shores of the lakes and ponds in the area because she died when she was 20. And the story goes, I mean, the the police report is that she was hit in the back of the head with a blunt force trauma and her corset string was tied around her neck and she was found floating in Teal Pond. And she had been there for a few days in July. So it took them a while to figure out who it was. Um, so she was last seen eating raspberries alongside that road. And there's a documentary being done, and uh, the young lady who plays Hazel Drew is a friend of ours, so check it out on Facebook. Um, who, who killed Hazel Drew? And you'll see the whole story. But um, the story is in the Crooked Lake House that someone would come in the front door. And for a while, we were, we're not using the very front door that's on Route 66 there. They had to come in the side, the, the big brand new entrance. And someone kept coming in. I turn around, there's no one there, the door's still locked. It was a young woman, and she was frantic, and I had heard that it was Hazel Drew, so when I'm reading the book, Who Killed Hazel Drew, they talk about how um, she had possibly been accosted and came in to use the phone there, so I'm pretty sure that's who I kept seeing. Oh, wow. Drew! But it was always, that's before I really honed my skills, and I, I could never quite catch her. And I believe she was also the one. If you go there ever, and in the ladies' room, there is a ghost that will move the bathroom doors when you're in there. Mm. And if you're really frisky, flush the toilets. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like, oh my god! But she, they—they um, they don't know who killed Hazel Drew. But what really freaked me out is I'm reading the book, um, and the book is fantastic. The documentary is coming out shortly. You can read all about it on Facebook, and you know, if you Google it, the whole story comes up. But I was reading the book and I lived in Troy, um, like I said, 10 years. And they're talking about the various people that were being interviewed. And they talk about uh, a professor of uh, a rent, uh, RPI who was living on Hawthorne Avenue. And back then I lived uh, at 21 Hawthorne Avenue. While I'm reading the book, apparently Hazel's best friend was the nanny for the family at Hawthorne Avenue. So. That was the house I was living in. So I'm like, oh. Wow. And they interviewed him on July 17th, which was my, it's just my son's birthday. So I'm like, well, this is creepy. So I started to feel a little bit like connected to this woman. And then I read on. She was a domestic servant. She was um, a nanny for a house. I think it was Whitman Court. Uh, During this time when my kids, older two were little, um, I would, I was cleaning houses for a living when they were at school or preschool, I would clean houses. And it w- I really enjoyed that work. Well, it turns out the house where Hazel worked was the house where I was also cleaning. I was a domestic servant. Where Hazel- wow. Oh so my I gosh. I know. I'm getting like a goose puppy. So she's been in the house I lived in and I had ghosts there that I think I've talked about the ghosts at 21 Hawthorne Avenue in Troy. And that's how I got that's why I learned how to clear. I had ghosts. I brought someone home from Oakwood Cemetery one time, so that got me on my path. Well, she, they talk about how she would walk um, to the trolley station on Pauling Avenue, right in front of where I lived as well. So, and this is the weirdest part of the story. Um, I had a horse at the time, and uh, my friend Bobby Joe and I kept the horses. In the summer, pasture was up uh, by, by Blue Factory Road. In the in the winter, we kept them down. Um, you know, by tri-sand tri- and gravel. That, I think it's 151, that route there. And so we would ride the horses. It was about a five-mile trek. And we'd have fun, we'd pack a lunch, ride the horses. Well, my horse, Gallagher, he would obsess about this old cemetery. I'm like, what the heck is wrong with this horse? He would stop and try to push in through the gates. It's Brookside Cemetery in Barbersville. I'm sure people have heard of Barbersville Falls, which has its own ghost stories. But, you know, I would literally have to get off the horse and pull him away wow get, you know, it turns out from doing in doing the research reading the book she's buried there <laughs> so i'm like oh wow now is my connection with hazel drew
0: probably a course. past life thing though but it, maybe she's just you know relates to your energy you talk about that like like attracts like and you yeah. know she just wound up you know connecting with you i think i love those weird coincidences
2: so many. And, you know, I wish that they could find out who killed Hazel Drew. So maybe Phoebe, read the books, tell me what you guys think. I, I'm completely up in the air about it. I, I really can't figure it. But,
0: I think that's awesome. So it, some other places, just to say, um, you know, probably and unless they're on your list, um, uh, places that in, throughout upstate New York, um, we know that there's been reports of at Proctor's Theater as mm-hmm. well as, the Troy Theater, yeah. um, that reports of, of hauntings and ghosts and sightings there. Um, in the stockade, um, definitely the Van Dyke. Oh, my goodness. So many people have seen the woman there come through the wall because it's actually an old brothel oh,
2: yes.
0: connected to the old pub, which I believe also was a stagecoach at one time.
2: Dennis, you and- felt that woman's energy, didn't you, when we were there?
0: Remember mm. those guys
2: were doing – you know they were filming with the uh, the owner, and you and I walked up those stairs. And you actually had a personal experience of, if I remember correctly.
1: No, not there. The only one that I had was when we did the thing on Halloween at uh, Groom's Tavern.
2: Wow, was yes. A one. And
1: Steve from uh, Southlands Falls Paranormal Society is kind of going over all the equipment because. Uh, for the listeners' benefit here, we did a paranormal investigation with the radio station for Halloween. Steve was going over the equipment that the listeners were going to be using, and Steve was going to be using. And while I'm standing there listening to him explain what was going on, I got really, really lightheaded um, and dizzy. Mm. While and it was like, and it it was well beyond being hungry. Or anything, especially since I had just housed like four slices of pizza. (laughs)
0: Right, that's right.
1: So I definitely was not hungry. Um, But it was, I got, like, it was kind of like a cold sweat, very dizzy, blurry eyed. And then within seconds, it went away. And I just remember thinking to myself, Steve needs to hurry the hell up and explain explain his equipment so that I can talk to Katie and Michelle about what I just felt while I was standing here. Yeah. And almost passed out in front of a room full of, full of people that were our listeners. I
2: remember yeah. looking at you and you looked a little pale and a little sweaty. Um Yes. I think you had a little walk in experience. They can kind of step into you. You, yeah, barf you. Your body for a moment. When I
1: when I had explained it to you, you said it was probably because they were very close to me or
2: mm-hmm. like yes. like
1: very very near. And yeah. also while I was standing there I could feel someone like flicking my hair at the like I was just standing there and it felt yeah. like someone was kind of just moving their finger on the back of my head, which I've had, like, times where, you know, you get, like, a muscle twitch or something in your head.
2: And that and was not the same. It
1: was not it. It was not, <laughs> like, a like a twitching feeling. It was, like, someone tapping me on the top of my head.
2: Those, the ghosts there were incredibly inter- interactive. And I I mean, Katie and I, we saw that guy, and it was still daylight. Do you remember that, the guy upstairs? Yeah. And he was peeking in to see what we were doing, and then we had the little boy, and we've got – um I've got a picture, I guess I could put on our Facebook page of the little boy holding on to me with the, um, yes, the camera. and I'm trying to think what else. Oh, cause people have talked about fe- the feeling of like a cobweb being dragged over their, their face mm-hmm. when they're experiencing a ghost. I never had to experience that cause I just see them. Well, that little boy, I felt that cobweb feeling and I kept wiping my face and now I know that I was, that's an intense place to be. There was a years lot. Ag-
0: years ago. I mean that, and that that location was an, another one like the Professor Javas. Yeah. That was an unexpected amount of paranormal activity that night with all of us there, not thinking that that would happen. And there was a lot. And they yeah. were they were there to play. They they came prepared for Halloween. They
2: were in the um, mood. <laughs>
0: they were there definitely was, in the
1: mood. There was a whole bunch of different types of hauntings there too, because I know you guys had talked about. The residual like the front place, the the front place, which used to be like a country store. Yeah. And there was still a lot of action, but I think that's the residual where it's like a movie playing. Like they're just living their lives and they don't even recognize like they don't realize we're there.
0: We came in with the one set of um people and it was answering the questions. Yeah. and it was, so that was a more, it probably, had it could have had residual where they were just walking through Dennis. But then when we started to ask them really serious questions, they started a- answering and they did the same, you know, get the fuck out answer
2: <laughs> that in the middle of it, we're kind of like, okay, this is not going to be a PG um, broadcast. Was that in the, the store part or is that when yeah. we went after Well,
0: upstairs did different. Remember, everybody started getting, The physical feeling of them, like really, really cold spots and then really, really warm. And that feeling like you're talking about the cobwebby feeling on the Mm -hmm. face when you're all sitting in that room. And um, it would every single time center on one person.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was like hot potato. (laughs) It
0: It would center and it would only like talk to Mm -hmm. like Nick or whoever, but it was like one person was the Mm. target. So and that was a, yeah, that Dennis. That definitely was a really interesting location that I really um, didn't have a ton of expectation just because it was, we were basically overpopulated the place and it did not disappoint.
1: Oh, it did not at all. <laughs> I, I remember showing up and um, Ray Fierstein was already set up with all his equipment,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which was, I had never seen before. Amazing. Oh my God, that I man needs like a tour bus to get that thing around, but God bless him. Um, right? When I walked in, uh, for the listeners that don't know who Ray is, it's essentially, I mean, essentially it's just a, it's a, a ghost box, so to speak, but it's.
2: On steroids.
1: Yeah, it's well beyond anything that just kind of like a normal digital recorder thing. And that thing was talking away uh, when I showed up. He was like, yeah, no, it's already said your name. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even there yet. And then mm-hmm. I walked in with my Halloween costume on, which was <laughs> my Olaf onesie, and no one understood what I was doing. <laughs> and I didn't understand why nobody understood it was Halloween. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> I wore a costume, so how, anyway, which only lasted a minute because it was like 30 people in there. And it was hot.
0: It was uh, very hot. And your <laughs> costume. Um, yeah, That the, his um, equipment, as he was setting it up, it not only was talking and nobody was talking to it, it was talking about the crowd yeah, and who was there. And that was another case of I came in, said to, the, to Ray or to whoever was standing there, I said, oh, I forgot something in the car. I got to go get it. And I left. And it said something about me when I came back in. There was a bunch of people milling around. And it said to Ray, is that the redheaded whore? Yep. Oh. And it came up on the, on the digital readout. Yeah, it's a printout, and everyone's like, oh. <laughs> was,
1: was it your German friend from Professor Java? We
0: th- I believe it was. I think it just follows me around from place to place. But um, I know. I'm, I'm a lucky girl. I'm a lucky girl. Um, so some other ones, um, obviously going through doing research they always talk about the Capitol building in downtown Albany. Yep. I've never done a, an investigation there. Um, and I don't know if they allow an investigation anymore. Um, there, they used to do like a haunted Capitol tour.
2: Uh, I think have- they still do. Uh, I know uh, Stuart. Um, he's one of the, uh, the docents that, that do that. So okay. the civil war group that I'm in.
1: I think a- the way they do them is they're all guided on their own. I don't know is or they're I don't know. I don't think you can do like a self-guided tour right. and or like no you gotta sign investigation. up investigation. Yeah, it's like they bring you through and tell you the stories. Um don't think they allow equipment in there because of the fact that it's a state building. Right.
0: Right. But so I So the Capitol building has been reported for years and I believe that's also in David Pickens book. Um Fort Ticonderoga, if anybody mm-hmm. is up in that region, that's been reported that it, show, it has soldiers um, that people will actually mistake for um, re-enactors. reenactors. The same has been said about um, beautiful Fort William Henry. Oh, yes. And they do many haunted tours. Now, I don't know if right now they are, but they have it that you can sign up for that. And that was I have done that when Sarah was very little. Um, and Nicholas and I went through, and it was really good, um, like tour ghost investigation. I'd like to um, go there
2: again if we can.
0: Yeah, that would that would be a really really good one to do. One that I always wanted to get into, um, and uh, this is going over over in the West is uh, Knox Mansion. People mm. have reported for years of um, like having a wedding or um a party there and actually having other members people show up in the photo that weren't there there. (laughs) from the knox mansion and um they send them back to the mansion there used to be a wall of ghostly photos Hmm. uh, things caught on on tape another great location great great location beardsley castle
2: there is something in the cellar there.
0: It's something in the cellar there. They they think it's um, a very layered haunting.
2: I think it's monumental in the cellar and then it, like you said it layers right back up.
0: It layers up and there was a, a young boy um that had been killed in a um out in the road mm-hmm. um Get by, by car, a, right? I think it was either kept by a car or maybe a carriage. Mm. and um so somebody can correct the the um story on that but um he is known to get in your car and yep. travel with you and I actually had that experience leaving there one night a uh, long long time ago but that's another even people that eat down in the wine cellar mm-hmm. um, area have felt and and sensed that there's other spirits other things there
2: and a woman um, drowned, drowned in the pond across the way as well Right. And
0: wasn't there something with the native American or was it native American land? Yep. Okay. So that's again, the layering.
2: Yes. Yeah. And that, that's amazing. I I think we have to do that one because I haven't been there in a long time.
0: That would be, that would be a great one. I know it said on there um, that the Sagamore also um, has reported um, hauntings. I I have been to the Sagamore. I'm going to tell you though, I was there for the, um, fire and ice or the ice sculptures and um i don't remember much of that evening (laughs) um so (laughs) i had spirits of a different kind when i went to the sagamore um that was a while ago uh the other one is the and i'm gonna butcher the name is uh um in uh, Cooperstown.
2: yeah uh, atsego is it no i
0: think i think it's
2: (laughs) i don't know
1: I, mean, I think would be out in Western New York, so Glimmerglass
2: like Lake, that area. I don't know if that's what uh,
0: Atisago Resort Hotel. It's the one in Cooperstown.
2: Okay, you know where <laughs> I want to go um, for investigations. All I keep thinking of, by the
0: way, is um, is uh, San Diego <laughs> means a whale's vagina. <laughs> 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 oh
1: my God. <laughs> 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 no it doesn't no that's not it the that doesn't no that's from the anchorman
0: from Katie, anchorman
1: katie's one not really <laughs> stuff, <I swear. laughs> I'm
0: trying to say a word and i'm i'm thinking i'll just make shit up san diego <laughs> anyways um i digress because i'm i'm 12 years old in my head She's silly. She's silly. all right michelle i'm sorry what were you saying
2: okay um i wanted to bring up um a place—it's called Forest Park Cemetery. It is in Brunswick, New York, which is in Rensselaer County. It's also known as Pinewood Cemetery because it's on pine. Yes, Ave. and it's—it's um, it's considered one of the uh, ten of the most haunted uh, locations in the entire country. And it has—it was—it was, it was uh, started in 1893, and it was purchased by another company in uh, 1897 fell film disrepair in 1975, and um, it's referred to as the cemetery that once you go, you can never leave. Because mm. all of the mausoleums are empty. All the shelves are, where they had caskets are empty, and they're not quite sure why. But if you go into these, you get held inside, and people talk about not being able to leave until the sun comes up in the morning, because they're physically held in there. And there's glowing green orbs On the shelves where the caskets used to be there's also the infamous headless angel that um, people feel cold spots around the ghosts there for some reason people see them way up in the trees and also oh yeah
0: I've heard that before that they're being watched
2: from the the trees. trees yes crying babies and screaming women and there's also a bloody statue, it's a, they call it the Nearer to God statue, and some people say, oh, it's just a kind of lichen that, that secretes stuff that looks like blood, but apparently um, it appears to bleed. But you need, we can get access, but we would have to though. get permission, what?
1: You need permission,
2: uh, though. Yeah, permission yeah, from yeah. the town of Brunswick to go there, and it's Forest Park. And it was supposed to be a rural cemetery. But for some reason, they just stopped. Although they did bury some there, someone there as uh, recently as 2005. So I think, um, I mean, to be in the top 10 for the country, I think is pretty interested. And I think that maybe we should go there. Oh, and of course, anyone who uh, brings in any equipment, the batteries are sucked dry immediately.
0: Oh, that one I heard too. Yeah. Because there was like, like young boys one time that went in there and they had flashlights and... Um, like EVP equipment and everything got drained. They, yeah. you know, basically, should, no, like no flashlights, nothing worked.
1: We should definitely go there.
0: <laughs> I you said, no. said nobody ever except for people that are love like love going ghost
1: hunting during the day. We should go there.
2: No, <laughs> no. You know, the, the scariest story associated with that place is a young couple parked there once because they figured it would be a nice place to quote unquote be alone, and the uh, the woman fell asleep. And then she was woken up to the... Wait sun- a minute!
0: They're going to be alone and she falls asleep? Oh, Come after, on.
2: After they were alone. Oh, after, okay. Well. He went out to relieve himself, supposedly, and she fell asleep when he got out. She said, I'll just rest for a second. And then she woke up to the sound of, like, thumping. Apparently, um, something encouraged him to hang himself from a tree, and his feet were kicking the top of the car roof. Oh,
0: is is that... A tr- you, you, is that... Can that be, is that documented?
2: I don't know. I, I was reading oh. about that today. I mean, I had heard a lot of the stories and I just kind of read a bit more. That one, I'm not sure. I'd have to ask.
0: Well, that's the most fascinating thing about a lot of these hauntings. I mean, because it is an older part of the country, you know, here in, in Albany, Schenectady, Troy. Um, but it's, it's hard to tell that some, even while I was reading a lot of these, what's a myth. Yeah. And what what is actually real. So I think that's got to be part of our investigation is to go s- search him out to just see if oh, we yeah. have anything. And we'll leave Dennis alone in some of those rooms to find out.
2: Yeah, he's what our a, solo man.
0: No. He's, our, he's our solo guy to, to keep on camera.
1: <laughs> let's put me in one of the mausoleums where I can't get out until daylight. What a wonderful idea.
0: It's awesome. I think it's perfect. Jeez, Didn't I you guess. sign up? Didn't you sign up for that as being our producer? <laughs> yeah, Come on here.
1: I am yeah, already sick that day. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it, you'll be safe. We
2: promise.
1: We're, you know, we'll have
2: one of those pro- GoPro cameras attached, so it's looking at his face. Oh God, that'd be great. it's, good to no.
1: go. it's the and no. by the way, in Cooperstown, it's the Otisaga Resort. O T E S A G A. Oh, look at uh, that. Uh, okay.
0: Thank you. Thank you for getting that. That's your job as the producer Please. to, to to help me with words I can't say. I just,
1: just use the Google machine.
0: Oh.
2: <laughs> thank you. Um, that's a good one. We'll go out there and like do a, an overnight since it's a resort. Perfect.
0: Oh, it's actually it's beautiful, beautiful resort. Okay. Super sound. I'll um, be at the <laughs> Um, I've never gone and investigated, but I think Michelle, you have, uh, the Tenbrook mansion yep. in Albany. Yep. yep. Um, I also know that there's been reports at Cherry Hill, um, yep. in downtown Albany. Um, the bachelor yep. mansion.
2: Yep. Bachelor mansion. Absolutely. That's some pretty intense haunting there from what I've heard.
0: What's the story with that one, Mish?
2: Um, the bachelor mansion, I think that's the one where they, um, the, woman, the wife wanted to run away with, like, the stable boy or something, and they killed the husband. Oh. And, and then they uh, – were they trying to escape? Oh, yeah, they, they did. They killed him. But then they caught them escaping, and then I think the, the guy was hung. The boyfriend was hung. And then I think, I think they executed the woman too.
0: Wait a minute. That's the story. I, okay, so when I was reading the different stories, unless we have it mixed up with another location, it
2: might be a so different the,
0: one I'm of. Wait a minute, I think this is Union College. Wait a minute, the Union College one is, or maybe it's another one, but sh- oh no, it's a different one. She had a boyfriend. Um, they see her in the garden, Alice, and it's usually the first full moon of the summer. She appears in the garden, mm-hmm. Jackson Garden, it's called at Union College. And Alice um, was burned at the stake oh my um, after her boyfriend had been
2: shot. Yeah, this is a different one, but my God, what year was this that they burned her at the stake?
0: Oh, my God. And it was for, I think, you know, being the caught in, a, in an embrace is what it said. Oh um, and so they burned her at the stake because it was morally... Um, corrupt, mm-hmm. and shot him. The father shot him on site. I want to say it's in the eighteen hundreds, but that's another one. Don't quote me, people. Look it up and and do a little research on your own. But Alice is reported to be seen in the Jackson um, Jackson Garden garden at Union, um, searching for a boyfriend. The one you're talking about was the one that the wife was having an affair, yes. said with a slave.
2: Who oh, was it? A slave. And,
0: and the husband came home and pushed him, the, the boyfriend, down the stairs, killing him. And then I guess, I, I believe,
2: tried to decapitate her. There's that one, too. I remember, see, I got I to gotta get my ghost story straight. But there's another one where they actually killed the man and escaped, and they caught them and put them to death. All right.
0: Then maybe that's the one that you're talking about with the bachelor mansion. And I'm talking, because I was researching a lot of the stuff in the Adirondacks. A lot of shady shit went on back in the 1800s.
2: Oh, I know. You, you know, you look back, you think, Oh, everyone was so sweet. and Yeah. Know, or I and they were doing crazy crap back then too. Yeah. They were definitely
0: doing crazy crap back then.
1: Yeah. Um, Cause there's no like laws and rules. Yeah. <laughs> 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 <I know. laughs> You just kind of, no, I know what you mean.
0: Like they just kind of. Oh, that's my. I'm so sorry. That's my dog. That's not a ghost. <laughs> that's Franklin. That's Franklin who just made the podcast. Um. <laughs> anyways, but that just like you guys said, there it was just like a, such a different time. They didn't have any kind of um, I, I things were so morally um kept that if something happened, they, they basically went on passion. And and took justice in their own hands. And a lot of these stories—that's what it seems like—they were they were so passionate about whatever it was that they took law into their own hands. So kinda, that it, might be. Go ahead.
1: It's kind of scary when you think about it. Where I, you know, I'm listening and they're like that so and so did this, and they decapitated her. And
0: yeah, that was screen, the one story.
1: Like, the people did, brought, he, there, there was like, the gross. Questions for that? They just cut somebody's head off, and it was like, all right, well, I'll go about my yeah, business. Yeah,
0: like. Right, and she was married, so in that story, that might have been either, that was one of the ones maybe up in the Adirondacks, and what it said was, he tried to decapitate her. Mm -hmm. What that means is, he wasn't successful. Oh,
2: God. That's a horrible thought. Right. That's a horrible, horrible thought. Well, we had that, do you remember at the uh, second-hand store in Scotia there? That we did that. Um, oh, yes. I can't think of the name of it. I think it's closed now, isn't it? It's closed. It was Mona Lisa. Mona Lisa or something like that. And there was a murder-suicide, and you and I could hear the uh, – he hung himself. We could hear the creaking of the rope.
0: And we had – we'd gone in there independently, and as soon as I was in there, I went upstairs, and just talking about it now, I'm getting chills. I could hear the creaking upstairs mm-hmm. and knew right away that that was what it had been. So. And yeah, we, that we place is closed in,
2: now, too. We experienced the same exact thing and gone in, went in separately and didn't talk about it until afterwards.
0: Right. Remember, and then, ironically, so did Chris Chaffee, remember? That's the um, right. yeah, that's right. And he he like, was um, he went in there, and he was only in there for like five seconds, came back out and, and had said the same exact thing. That
2: and he said, was, hell no. Yeah, <laughs> he said, yeah, no. exactly. But that's the place where the, they had security cameras on in the building at night. And they would see dresses turn a hundred, you know, uh, three sixty in one direction, then turn back the other way. Purses and shoes falling off the shelves. They had that creepy, creepy boy picture. Remember that um, John yeah. book? A lot of those were um, pictures yes. that death pictures, death death portraits. You know?
0: Yep, they were death portraits, and um, they happened to pick them up at an estate sale. And every person that had that death portrait, mm-hmm. um, bad things happened to. Yep.
2: And Josh took it, and he yep. His truck.
0: Yep, he smashed his truck while it was still in the back, mm-hmm. like totaled his truck, um, and then had a series of unfortunate events. Yes. Um. Soon after, one of the ones you mentioned it, uh, Michelle, when we were talking about the show in your um, text to Dennis and I, um, having to do with sh- the shaker. I believe you're trying to. Were you talking about Ann Lee Hall?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, because I live very close to the original Shaker s- settlement. There's Ann Lee Pond, and the South family and the church family. Uh, the church family was the original settlement for Ann Lee. Um, right. Who was the original Shaker, and she came from, I don't know why I know this Toad Hill in, somewhere in England. I had the most random crap in my head. But, <laughs> you know, it's like, my God. They were sold the land, um, and the airport is part of that now. Um, right. The pump. They were sold... Uh, farmland that was a swamp. So what did they do? They dug Anley Pond by hand. So that became a pond and then everything else was farmable. And this is like, this is where the, um, the flat broom was invented, seed packets, the shaker baskets, they did amazing stuff. They were celibate groups, so they obviously kind of ran out of members. After a while, but the original structures are still nearby, and the original South family. The families were arranged that the settlements. Each settlement had North, South, uh, sorry, Church, South, East, and West families in the shape of a cross, because they were a Christian group. In the South family um, barn, right off of Sand Creek Road, is a South family road, and the barn has been since torn down. But there was a barn that um, certain colony kids would hang out and drink in, and. Lo and behold, uh, more often than not, a Shaker ghost would appear, and she was a young young you know, teenager, would want to hang out with everyone, and her name was Lucy. And um, I heard stories of Lucy my whole life. Um, I believe she's buried in the Shaker Cemetery, which is over there as well, and I think we should do a nice little investigation there. Um but one, and I'll throw my brother into this. Uh, one night, he, w- he worked for the town of Colony. He was driving home uh, from a, a late meeting, um, and he was driving down Sand Creek Road, coming from uh, Wolf Road, heading, he lived across the Memories Garden at the time. He's halfway down, saying, yeah, almost there, past Hunting Boulevard, um, whatever that is. And all of a sudden, he sees, he sees a woman running across the street. And she's about, you know, eighth of a mile away, so he slows down. Well, a split second later, she's directly in front of his car, like in front of his face. And he's like panics, hits the brakes, jumps out of the car, said, oh, my God, oh, my God, I hit a woman. He looks all around. There's no woman there. Then he takes a moment for the adrenaline to, to, to leave his body. And he goes, wait a second. It was a, a woman who was like running through the air about three or four feet above the road. She was dressed as a shaker. She had the basket in her elbow you know, holding it, and she had a shaker bonnet, which is, they were a famous bonnet maker as well, and this, like, the the ribbons of the bonnet were blowing behind her, like she was running across the road, and she um, just projected right in front of him, and ironically, they put in a, um, a bunch of townhouses or apartments there, it is called Shaker Run, and if you look at the picture on it, it's a shaker woman with a bonnet with her shaker ribbons flowing.
0: Wow.
2: Yeah, and that happened to my brother long before those apartments went in. So we have quite a few Shakers. Um and back when they were building the A's Stadium or whatever that
1: is. A heritage you know? park.
2: A heritage park, yeah, which I guess is now yes, nothing. Nature's taking it back. Um they mm-hmm. kept finding uh, taking pictures of the original Shaker Orchard, which is still there by the way, mm-hmm. um, by the Shaker Heritage Society. And if you look um look it up, it could have been in the Knickerbocker news, uh there you can see a ghostly image. Right in the apple tree, angry at the building that's been going on. Hmm.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah, love that, and love that you know that those buildings are still there. And you can't—they have different times of the year that they're open yes. to the public. Yes. Um, another area when you pull up in front of it, by the way, it just gives you that heebie-jeebie feeling. And I remember hearing about law enforcement while the buildings were closed up um, had to go and patrol it, and they would um be patrolling and lights would be turned on or the parts of it would be reported to be illuminated and it was not supposed to be um or they'd hear somebody when they were in the building they'd hear footsteps so um that's like the later years of of people saying that some other spots um in the capital region and around um was glen sanders mansion Mm -hmm. and i've actually done an investigation there very haunted, full apparitions um, if you go there. Now, they just did a lot of uh, reconstruction on the inside. I'd be curious to know from the staff at the Glen Sanders currently if they have encountered um, an uptick of haunting experiences um, or, you know, any kind of um, stories from when the, the construction was going on there.
2: Because we know that agitates spirits when there's construction going on.
0: Always gets them going. Um, The beautiful Broad Auburn Hotel. Oh, it's beautiful. Beautiful. Um, And that has that same kind of energy that um, you feel almost like you've walked back in time. As soon as you enter the doors, you don't feel like you're in 2020 anymore.
2: Different time and place. Mm. Different
0: time and place. It really gives you that feeling. It's a great place to go and have dinner. Almost all of these places that are still active restaurants or hotels are, I really, really recommend, even just to have, not to go ghost hunting, just to have a lovely evening or time out to go and experience them because they're just some of the most beautiful places you can probably find across the country.
2: The Adelphi, um, the Adelphi Hotel.
0: Adelphi. Oh yes, that's right, oh, over I'm in Saratoga. There. That one is super haunted too, and that Canfield converse- Casino.
2: I had a conversation, oh Canfield Casino, My yeah, I had conversations, I had a conversation with, a per- I thought it was a person at the Adelphi one night, um, yes, I was drinking martinis, dirty martinis, but that person literally disappeared while I was talking to him, and in the Canfield Casino, I forgot, I think I, I was bagpiping there, and they left me alone in that one room with the really old rug in it, Yep. and all of a sudden, these people started to materialize, and they were dressed like um, colonial time type, of, and they were doing plans, they were unrolling this, like, map or big document i'm like whoa it's like daylight so <laughs> it's like wow that was pretty amazing
0: that's for years people have reported hearing things and then they moved into upstairs oh god Skylerville mansion mm. which has also been reported to be even while it was in residence to be very very haunted they moved some of the items from the mansion to the canfield casino like a little museum
2: well, that'll do it
0: and boy you could like one of the things i could feel was like i couldn't breathe and it turned out that i believe it was used as a tb center or uh, tb yeah. tb uh sanatorium and um uh, like a young boy uh, must have been one of the children of the owner's um, was all around in there, like look basically like looking for his family, mm-hmm. which leads me to um, the Homestead Asylum, Ooh. an area haunt, as well
1: um, Saratoga, Saratoga County Homestead. Is that the one?
0: Yep, Saratoga County it, Homestead and Sanatorium. Tours, say again,
1: we can get you in there on tours if you'd like to go. I would
0: love to because Steve does it, doesn't he?
1: He's managing the property. So yes.
2: Oh, is he really?
1: Oh yeah. Let's do it. They are in the process of, uh, I think they were doing some fundraising. They've done a lot of, uh, rehabilitation to the place to make it safe for people to go in there. I don't know if they're doing paranormal investigations yet. They were doing like photography tours for a little while. Mm -hmm. Um, and then this kind of, you know, the pandemic went bananas and lost their shit. And, uh, but they are oh. looking to do paranormal investigations there.
2: Okay. Count us in. Put us on the list.
1: <laughs> Steve. Steve, if you're listening. Right. Damn it.
0: Get <laughs> us in there. Um, all right. Another one was Becker Farm and um, Sabic Innovative oh. is over there. That's over, I believe um, – kind of in the Bethlehem area. Okay. And, and, um, that one, they, the building is a business building and, oh, that's the one with the, the almost decapitated wife.
2: Oh, that's the one. Okay.
0: And other people that have worked there in the building have actually felt and sensed, um, other people there with them and heard footsteps
2: that's I had so. a client tell me they went there and they felt like someone was trying to remove their head.
0: Oh interesting. Um, okay, then that was the location where right. that happened on the farm.
2: I wish you guys mm-hmm. could see Dennis's face. Right Yikes. That <laughs> can't be, right. can be a comfortable no.
1: feeling. Like just
0: But you know, like one that is interesting, it's come up more and over and over again is um the uh, it's like the widow's walk um in Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, widow Susan.
2: Yeah. widow is- And,
0: and they, they talk about her because she had lost her husband and, um, I guess she used to walk up and down the road, but she actually did not die there. Um, she died in Michigan. She like left there and moved to Michigan. And, um, uh, but people have reported seeing her walking up the road there.
1: Is there. That- so, is it allegedly in her like wedding dress? Is that yeah?
0: One? I believe so. Yeah, We've that's
1: the one for that one time. Not us. Um, when I was in high school, we did that, and we had misinformation, and they told us it was it was like the Scotia area.
2: <sighs> um,
1: but have no fear, we ended up in Amsterdam anyway because we were teenagers and had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> um, and we had we didn't have GPS, but we did go looking. Cause we had heard that story and we're like, we should go. And, and we saw nothing. We ended up just getting lost and getting home at like four in the morning. So really, yeah.
0: apparently other people have actually seen her and um, over the years and, and, and seen her walking or walking through the cemetery. And um, that's right there where I believe the husband is buried.
2: He's buried in Michigan.
0: And that's, that's what the one report says, but a lot of it has said that it was kind of myth-like but it's been handed down so many generations.
2: It's got to um, have some legs to it.
0: It's got to have some, some, you know, um, truth to it that that happened at one time. So
2: And even um, if died in Michigan, I mean, ghosts have to have, right. like we talked, their modem. Where's the spot that they generate from? Because they're like Wi-Fi. They can only get so far. And she, hers is probably the cemetery where her husband's buried, it sounds like, or the house where they lived. And so she has a frequency how often she walks up the road.
0: So uh, for our listeners, please send us any other stories of um, places Mm -hmm. that you grew up in, maybe um, that you have a story about, or if you you um, have your own experiences or have heard of things handed down in your own family, love to hear them. Absolutely Mm -hmm. love to hear those stories. Who doesn't love a good ghost story. And um I don't have anything else unless you
2: two have something. Um, the, the, the one last thing, I, I was going to do a bunch on uh, Oakwood Cemetery, but quite honestly, uh, Forest Park, Pinewoods is a lot more notorious. But Oakwood Cemetery in Troy has a lot of ghosts, um, a lot of ghost stories. But my personal one was um, that got me on my ghost quest, a uh, clearing quest is I had taken my son Jack to ride his to ride his uh, two wheeler with the training wheels at Oakwood Cemetery. I'm thinking, ah, there's no traffic, no cars. It'll be better. Well, he ends up falling down and scraping his knee and and crying pretty hard. And I could feel the and it's daylight on a Saturday, beautiful day, sunny day. We got rushed by energies. And I just felt so unsettled. Here I'm a mom and I can't see what's attacking. It's my only child at the time, so I scoop him up. And I hear a voice say, "You don't shed blood in the cemetery." So you know I'm like, "What? Getting the hell out of here!" So we go home. I go to sleep that night. Jack comes into bed. He's like two. He's having a bad dream. No surprise there. I open my eyes. There's a man standing next to the bed. We brought him home from the cemetery. And that's yeah. what really spurred me into learning how to clear. <sighs> we gotta get. Him out of here, and that happened with us also. I think I mentioned this in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. I'm just a Gettysburg freak and battlefields in general. And uh, my kids were climbing around on the rocks of, of a place called Devil's Den. Adam fell and scraped his knee, and I said, "You know, why don't you make the sign of the cross? You just shed blood on a battlefield." And he goes, oh, "I dare them to come home with it with me." Well, they did, <laughs> so that wow. things up. So I know it sounds weird, but. I, I was covered with chills when he bled where others had bled before in, in conflict.
0: Well, you know, and that kind of, you know, to bring this up, we talk about going on ghost investigations, mm-hmm. and we are never going, to, you and I, and and bringing D. Scott along, we never go along to no. tweak at them. No. Um, we do it as a truly um, Perspect- investigative. And uh, respect for them. And then we always, always do a clearing,
2: do -hmm. a blessing. Yep.
0: Try and help them get settled and move on their way.
2: Ghosts are people too.
0: Yep. So, um, yeah, it's not to make it more um, salacious, uh, but just to to really, uh, that there is another whole world that is happening beyond our veil that um, I think sometimes we feel more strongly than others in certain locations because of whatever the incidents are that have happened to create that haunting mm. and um, it's 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 so much to be um, still investigated and researched so I don't want anybody to think that we're just doing it to be like ooh. Yeah.
2: Check this no. out. No. Yeah,
0: just check that out. So, well, anyways, um, uh, guys, yeah. thank you both so
1: much. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. It, wait, it's not man. really. It's not really a ghost story. But today, um, after because Michelle was talking, I live near the Shaker settlement that Michelle was talking about. Still, so <laughs> I had to go to the store today. And uh, I had just gotten done watching *Madhouse*, a paranormal documentary, which is on Amazon Prime. Small plug for my buddy Steve. Um, it, it's it's rel- It's there's not a whole lot of like jump out, scare the crap out of you. But I got chills watching it a couple of different times. Um, for whatever reason, today I had to go to hand. I had to go to the grocery store. When I got done at the grocery store, for whatever reason, I was drawn to drive past might where I live um, and go up past on sand Creek road up through where you were talking about where the girl is seen past shaker run went up around South family drive. And like, I felt like I needed to go do that for no reason at all. Um, And then once I had done that, it was completely gone. Like the anxiety that I had to do, go do that completely gone. And then I went home and felt fine.
2: Someone needed. Yeah.
0: We we've had other ourselves, Michelle and I have had, experiences where there it has to do with a missing person or a murder investigation that maybe somebody tapped into us, where we have both said to each other, I feel like I'm nuts, but I got to get in the car and go. And we go to the location. We have to look at the location. We have to drive around it or get out and kind of feel the air in that spot. So... Um, Dennis, that's not nearly as crazy as you probably think it is. You're just you're just <laughs> was, regular crazy.
1: No, yeah. it just it was a it was a it was really weird, only because the anxiety was pretty intense. Which I have I'm on vacation this week, so like I have nothing to worry about, like no anxiety at all, um, except for the rain tomorrow when I'm supposed to golf. But whatever. Oh. Um, but literally, just I drove past it. I kind of was looking around, and I'm a little bit more observant after hearing the stories of this shaker woman running around over there
2: lucy uh,
1: Lucy <laughs> and i literally went past it i went up to albany shaker road i took a right i went into the south family road mm-hmm. went through there past cba back out to sand creek and went home and was all gone
2: I-, I think they just want acknowledgement sometimes
1: they got it i mean I, I, I they owe me some money i wasted gas just driving around up there <laughs> But it was it was just really, really weird, and, like I said, once I did it, and you were okay, I was good,
2: and that's where Ruth Whitman passed as well from Cold He, yeah, that's
1: right right where the body was found mm-hmm. yes, right in that ditch there, yeah.
0: Anytime people are having psychic experiences, Dennis, and they are just kind of like opening up to it, one of the most prevalent feelings um, they associate is a feeling of anxiety, a feeling of like a push. Um, like they can't even explain it, but they're they're almost, um, in a sense, obsessive
1: yes.
0: with the anxiety mm-hmm. about trying to see, feel, understand exactly what what is leading them and after a while and I and not to make a blase you get used to it like you go oh there's that feeling again okay they they're pushing me to do something when it you first understand. starts to happen it's um a little disconcerting or uncomfortable and you literally have to kind of like sit with yourself you have to meditate or as barb nesnick would say maybe journey on it journey on, it. Uh, journey, on journey on that journey on that <laughs>
1: Um, yeah, it's kind of, it, it's weird for me because I have to make the distinction between that feeling and the actual anxiety that I suffer from as well, like, cause I have anxiety as it is like overthinking and, and putting myself, you know, uh, like kind of just, um, putting it out. Like I, I, it, I, I, obsess on certain things, not a lot anymore, but they are. <laughs> It's a very similar feeling, but very distinctly—it's very distinctly different as well. And
2: so, the more you experience it—the the better you'll get at differentiating it and knowing if right. it's your stuff or someone else's stuff. Mm-hmm. There used to be
0: um, somebody would always ask when I was teaching classes, "How do you know a psychic thought from like a random thought?" You know, mm-hmm. and I—I kind of equate it to. Have you ever had like a, um, an earworm, you know, one, a song in your head, a commercial, and you can't get it out of your head? It's similar to that with a psychic thought. It will not leave you. It'll keep pushing you and pushing you. Um, it's not like the other things where like, when you're having anxiety thoughts or, or people are having random thoughts, they're literally ping-ponging around to all different things. But when you have a psychic thought, it's accompanied by a different feeling. It gives you a whole different feeling in your body. And even though it's unsettling, it's not the same as anxiety. It's, it's, it's
2: um, trying to focus you on the information that is being sent to you. Don't you think right. anxiety is yep. scattered? Yes. More of a bullseye type of
1: feeling. Yeah, usually, like, with anxiety, you can't really pinpoint as to why you feel that way. Mm -hmm. Um, Yep. At least least for me. I mean, obviously, anxiety itself is is a personal experience for anybody. But for me, when people go, well, what are you anxious about? I'm like... (sighs) Damned if I know. I have no idea what's going on. I just
2: sometimes you don't know until after the thing is over that you were anxious about, and then you right. realize you feel really anxious. That happens to me all the time. I'm like, oh, I had no idea that was bothering me.
1: Well, today it was a feeling of anxiety that I needed to go towards the Shaker Run Village of Colony sign on Sand Creek Road. And like I said, once I did that, it was it was the anxiety that I can't pinpoint. Normal anxiety. Um, I don't have a reason for feeling it usually, or how to get rid of it today. It was like, Oh, Hey, I need to go do this. Like I need to go. I, my, I, in my head, it was like, you need to go just drive through there.
0: So what, you know what this should be telling you is not only are you becoming more psychic, but that was an external force, not an internal force. That was not an internal anxiety. It was an external anxiety. It was somebody else's excitement to push you to go and do that. So you can start to
2: differentiate that
1: a little. Which it's that's the of, yes. that's the second time for that area that it's happened to me too. Because the one time that I had it was listening to the the podcast that Phoebe yep. was doing with friends about Ruth Whitman, mm-hmm. hearing Ruth Whitman's name and getting that anxiety. And now it's the se- that's so that's like the second time for me, for that specific area, especially when like when I heard where Ruth's body was dumped and. I didn't know where it was, but I knew right where it was. Mm. Right, right.
0: I totally understand.
1: So. I
2: think that might happen to you too because, you know, with the way the universe works um, and, and the, the space-time continuum and, and like parallel universes, those people are experiencing stuff right now in that same space. So yeah. by leading you there, they feel like, oh, someone else knows about me. Someone right. Else right. knowledge of my existence and I'm not so alone. And that's yep. why they send out that, that little radar to gotcha. draw you in. Yep.
0: It, it truly is. so. Well, guys, thank you again for another wonderful episode of Psychic on the Scene. Um, ask our listeners to please share us. Please subscribe. Please like us. And send us your comments. Send us your ideas. And send us your stories. Love to hear your stories um, when you share them on our post about your own personal experiences with haunting and the paranormal.
2: So So, we love it. We love reading. Love it.
0: Good night, guys. Thank you so much. And everybody stay blessed.